Oh, hi, guys. Welcome. We're just living in a communist state now, so I guess this doesn't matter anymore. Welcome to Illinois. <laughs> Tonight, we're going to talk about guns. We're going to talk about gun control. We're going to talk about what is really being said about these scary black rifles and what the truth is. So come along. We hope you guys enjoy it. Well, I guess the ATF's going to bust in here at any minute. Yeah, maybe if people just knew what in the world was going on here. Um, they might. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. See, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll <laughs> Go down a blaze of glory. Yeah, you have concrete walls in this basement, right? Yes, 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 yes. It, we're actually in a in an old nuclear bunker. This so. is a bunker. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah Technically yeah. speaking. Yeah. You know, so, anyway. <laughs> anyway, so getting... Uh, Getting into gun control and guns and just everything that's that is seems to be the hot button issue of the time. We've done a lot more stuff on like theology and stuff, so it's kind of good to get back to our other wheelhouse. Yeah, get back to our the other roots. Yep, uh, that we're familiar with, and so. One of the things we wanted to bring you today is not really an uncommon topic out there, but I think it's important for us to get this information out there to as many people as possible. So whether it's from us or somebody else or another platform, I really don't think you can say or put out this information too much. You you just can't say it often enough. And so we're going to get into it and, and talk about the aspect of a little bit about gun control. We're not going to get really too deep into the weeds there but i guess the 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 title if you want to call it what we're talking about tonight is why do people why would anybody need quote unquote an ar-15 and uh, the the common thought out there today with a lot of anti-second amendment folks is that the ar-15 is just too much it's responsible for too many deaths it's responsible for too many mass shootings and in order to save the lives of certain people children whoever we just have to ban this gun and that's going to solve all of our problems and that argument essentially according to us and a lot of other people is just rooted in a lot of falsehoods a lot of lies a lot of misinformation and we're going to try and bring you a perspective from an honest perspective of why anybody would really need an AR-15 and kind of what this is all really about. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's, it's important to cut through the weeds. And one thing that we don't want to become is this only quote unquote Republican right wing voice on this issue. We're Americans and we want to talk about what this means for Americans, for everybody and what both sides are telling that's true and what both sides are telling that are lies because there's a lot of there's a lot of um inflation a lot more on one side i would say but there's there's definitely inflation or miss um misinformations on the other side and uh, so we're going to go through a lot of that stuff we're going to talk about why we why we think these things are important why we think that the ability to defend yourself is important and get into a lot more details on this than maybe you get from the 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 local guy at your at your barber shop or or your you know your shooting range yeah no doubt so what we've got here in my little hands is a ar-15 rifle and the first thing i want to talk about as far as a perspective from a gun range owner a retired police officer is my perspective of what this is what the capabilities are and 
kind of dispel some of the myths out there. And I believe even from our side, from the pro Second Amendment side, there are a lot of people that try to downplay the seriousness of this gun. People talk about the caliber being only essentially a 22 caliber round and and things similar to that to where try to downplay the seriousness of it. But let's really be honest, intellectually honest, and let everybody know that this is a dangerous rifle. It is the terminal ballistics on the round coming out of this gun are devastating, especially at close ranges. And so it needs to be given the respect this due. This thing is very dangerous and it's meant to be that way. It's it's designed to stop people. That's what it's designed for. And you you can call it a weapon of war, you want to call it whatever, and you can say, well, it can be used for hunting and sporting, and it can be all of that. But ultimately, this is a tool designed to stop somebody or some people that are trying to kill you or your family or somebody else. That's one reason for it is self-defense. And I think it's a very good reason. We should not just lay down and be victims on purpose. And I think some people that really are the loudest about saying that nobody needs an AR-15 are the very first people. You know, if you had a bunch of people on the set of CNN doing a roundtable about let's ban AR-15s, if somebody were to break into that company with a gun and start shooting employees and there was a police officer standing there with an AR-15, I promise you all of those anti-gun people would go stand behind the person with an AR-15 because... It's a very effective tool at stopping a criminal threat. And who would not want to be protected? Everybody would. They, of course, would be would be go. They would run to the person holding one of these in order to help save their lives. No doubt about it. Yep. And I I'll just say as a as a person, an ex-military and a person that's been into guns for all my life, I don't want an ineffective weapon. If I'm going to defend myself, I'm going to defend my life against whatever adversary comes against me. I don't want something that's ineffective. I don't want something that's just got three rounds. I don't want a hunting rifle. I want to be able to defend myself against evil with the most effective tool. And since the 1960s, the United States government has decided that this has been the most effective tool for our military and for most of our police officers. And so what we are allowed in our country and under the constitution and under the second amendment is that we can own these weapons. That's what the original intent of the second amendment was that we can own these weapons, that we can exercise our rights and carry effective weapons against whatever adversary comes to our doorstep. Yeah, absolutely. And what did you say about having a, an effective gun, one that works, you know, why would we want if we were going to pick a gun to do anything with to hunt defend our lives why would we naturally just pick something that is out of date a pick a gun that's a hundred years old and is halfway rusted out and ammunition is not reliable why would we settle for that and it's not different any different than any other aspect of society technology advances Things get better, things get more effective, things get more efficient, and it's no different with an AR-15 rifle. Here we are in 2024, and we see the advancement in technology of now we have a gun that we can shoot, and it's probably not going to explode in your face when it goes off. You know, it's, it's very, very safe to operate for the operator. And so, you know, you're not... 
endangering yourselves more than the fact of you just being home invaded anyway, or you're not endangering yourselves when you go out to, to practice and train and shoot. It's reliable, it's safe, and it's technologically advanced. And who would not want the most advanced system out there for something like that for, to defend yourself? Yep, yep. And I think that one of the one of the um, myths that that the uh, the media and the left and and all of the politicians that are wanting gun control will throw out there is that oh this is a weapon of war as we said earlier this is you know a, an automatic weapon that's not an auto, that's not the terminology of an automatic weapon it's a semi-automatic which means that you pull the trigger once and you have to reset the trigger to pull it again to get one round each p- trigger pull is one round and they say well why do you need that well i mean because it's an effective weapon and it is something you know we, you have seen this as a police officer and you see many and many of these if you go and watch police activity on youtube you see many of these assailants that are hopped up on some kind of crazy drug and guess what they don't stop when you shoot them once and they don't stop when you shoot them twice and sometimes it takes a whole magazine to take somebody down and so that's why you need or maybe you're facing multiple assailants maybe you have to defend yourself against several people trying to come and and hurt your family or take your 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 uh, valuables or or hurt your community that is all reasons for wanting something effective to defend yourself and to say that oh well you just need a double barrel shotgun (laughs) says our uh president or kind of president actually says you know shoot it up in the air and you'll scare everybody off that's not how that works actually just one of the most recent mass shootings was with a pump action shotgun and that's one of those that they would always deem oh well that's fine that's just used for hunting well guess what somebody used it effectively because that person had evil intent in their heart and if you have evil intent in your heart you can turn anything into a weapon yeah absolutely and if you know joe biden was honest and he had to have somebody in his house or his wife jill fire a gun to scare off an intruder would he want her firing off a 12 gauge shotgun or would you want her shooting a gun with very low recoil, very easy to shoot, very easy to aim? And we'll talk about here in a little bit all the kind of technical advantages of this gun over something like a 12-gauge shotgun for your wife or the advantages over a handgun. We'll get into that stuff in just a little bit. But uh, kind of the, the if we get down to the real foundation of what's going on with why people question needing an ar-15 it's because people believe the anti-second amendment folks i guess most of them really believe that nothing bad is ever going to happen again ever in america or their neighborhood or around their household at all and on top of that i guess they believe that the people who are in charge of protecting you are the police the state and the federal government and if you believe those folks are going to be around at the drop of a hat to protect you, I'm telling you, you are sadly mistaken. And this is for over half the country. Over half the country lives in a rural area somewhere on a farm road in the middle of a farm 30 minutes from any local police. And if they're having a problem and you've told them they can't have guns anymore, what are they supposed to do? Wait for the cops? You know, so if you're on that set of CNN, like I was talking about before, and a guy breaks in with an illegal gun to shoot the place up and there's nobody there with guns, what do you do? You just lay down and beg for your life and I guess hope you don't get executed. That's your only option. So people believe that there's no real chance 
of being home invaded. There's no real chance of there being civil unrest in the city. I mean, do you live in Chicago or L.A. or Tampa or Washington, D.C.? You tell me you think there's no chance of civil unrest there happening? You think there's no chance of a natural disaster, a hurricane, an earthquake, shutting the power off? If you want to know what happens to your town at night, the first night there's no power, come right along with the cops for a night. It's a bad deal. It's a real bad deal. And what if the power's off for a week or two weeks or a month? Just look at you know Hurricane Katrina in Louisiana and, and how messed up you know that city was for a long time. Yep. Bodies floating around everywhere, dead bodies at the Superdome, craziness. Yep. Well, no, you don't need guns to protect yourself. So people have a real false sense of security. If you say nobody in America needs guns, and by the way, that's the the goal. Don't kid anybody. Don't kid yourself. If you're anti Second Amendment, don't say, well, we don't want to take everybody's guns. Yes, you. Yes, surely you do. I mean, there's, you know, how look at how many murders there are in America every year, 10,000, 12, 14,000, whatever the number is. Most of those 80% are with handguns. Mm-hmm. So if you're really worried about gun violence in America, you should outlaw handguns. If, if your deal is take away dangerous guns, you should be trying to ban handguns more than anything else. Why not focus on the real problem that you think it is? So don't have any misunderstandings. The goal is to take away all guns. And when you sit back and you think, well, nothing bad is ever going to happen, it's probably easy to believe in that utopia. We get rid of all the guns. Nothing bad is ever going to happen again, and we'll all live happy, peaceful lives. But this is 2024, and that world is not going to happen. And we'll talk about another aspect of why that's ridiculous here in a minute. And the point is, is that, Criminals aren't going to turn the guns in. <laughs> it's not. That's not going to happen. Dave, in 30 years, you mean no criminal has followed the law? Well, there's already laws against killing people. We passed Get a law. We, they passed laws against that. For some reason, people aren't following those. <laughs> Why would they say register your gun and criminals are going to do that or anybody with criminal intent? Or like it's it's. I don't know what they expect is going to happen when you pass the legislation and they do a buy a gun buyback. Like really, honestly, intellectually, do people think that all the guns are going to get turned in? They're not. And that leaves society with criminals with guns, law abiding citizens, no guns. And this is this is not going to take very long for people to start kicking in your doors, more civil unrest. Cats and dogs living together, <laughs> complete chaos, yeah. you know, so yeah. um, it's and I don't know why it's just living with your head in the sand um, as far as not being aware of what criminal activity is really going on out there from law enforcement side. We've seen it. We see the inside. We see behind the curtain of what's really going on and what type of criminal element is out there on a daily, on a nightly basis. And if we were to actually tell you what was really going on, you probably wouldn't want to hear it. It's ridiculous. It is so, the the criminal underworld is so vast and overwhelming, it would absolutely blow your mind if you really could see what was going on. And I think that people would be blown away at how close they come to those people on a daily basis. They would be terrified. They wouldn't even want to leave their house if they're like, Wow, I just passed a dude that's done some pretty yeah. bad stuff. I really wish I've mentioned this movie before, but I really wish some way somehow 
the people could just put on a pair of sunglasses like in the movie they live with rowdy roddy yep. piper that's like the biggest meme on on uh twitter you know it's like <laughs> it's like so. and all of a sudden you see the aliens that have been living among us for years and years and years so it'd be nice to put on glasses and see who the criminals are who the drug addict is who the mm-hmm. sex offender is who the home invaders are who the car- drug cartel people are and if you could actually see that and see how many people out there are bad people with bad intentions you would not want to be part of society. You'd probably anymore. go out and buy a gun. <laughs> you might. You Isn't might. it amazing that every time there's a mass shooting, gun sales actually go up because people realize that, and this is not taking anything away from the police, there's not enough police to actually and respond to And that's to what everything. people understood during 2020 with all the civil unrest. You got to see the riots downtown of all these towns minneapolis and and all these other places and you see police stations on fire burning down and people understand that who's coming for the cops or who's coming for them when their neighborhood starts to burn down nobody guess what nobody's coming when you know 10 or 15,000 people come to your town and start a riot and burn stuff down you might only have a couple hundred cops Nobody's coming to save you. If you have to drive out of town to go to some other place for safety, nobody's coming to escort mm-hmm. you out. Those things are not happening. You have to protect yourself. That's what's so scary about relying on the state, relying on the government for your safety, because it is not going to happen. It's not going to be there. Yep. You think, well, the, the state will protect me. Just please just rewind the news from 2020 yep. and see how many people did not have any type of protection. It's, it's just, it's crazy. And well, so, and I think that in, in a, in a, on a side note there, that's not always the police's fault. That sometimes has to do with a corrupt district attorney that doesn't want to prosecute these people. There was a, there was a ex cop that was killed in a pawn shop in St. Louis and he was trying to help a buddy who owned the pawn shop and it was getting robbed. The guy that shot him had been arrested that night, had already been booked, and they let him go. He'd already done violence. He should have been in jail. He gets out. He goes to rob a pawn shop in the middle of all of the riots. And this ex-cop shows up and he dies yep. because somebody didn't do their due justice and actually enforce the law. And that's not always on the police. The police are really the ones that gather it up. You have to have district attorneys that are willing to prosecute these people and not get involved in this woke crap that's going on where we, we can't actually prosecute anybody because of the color of their skin or because of this or because of that. No, we, you know, and that is something that a lot of people don't realize is that the police actually, once you turn these people in, it's out of your hands in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah, that police officer got killed. His name was Captain David Dorn. Mm-hmm. He was retired. He was working security at this pawn shop. And it was actually, I think it was a, a mob of people that showed up to break in after hours. And he was there and ended up getting shot and killed uh, by one of these jokers. So it's it's definitely crazy out there, the mentality. And we see those mobs that were happening back then. But we see them today, every yep. day on the news, whether it's L.A. or San Francisco or Chicago. People smash open the doors to some jewelry store or a purse store or whatever, and 30 people run in there and just rampage the whole place and run out. And some of them aren't just there for stealing purses. Some of them have other murderous intentions, and they would not hesitate to shoot a cop that pulled up to stop the thing. 
And that's where we're at. And those, you know, for those criminals that are out and do that type of stuff, like David Dorn, it absolutely should go back to a prosecutor, a judge, somebody that did not keep them in jail for obvious reasons. You know, we got to start having the truth prevail when it comes to criminals Mm -hmm. and their punishment and sentences. Yep. Sorry. You don't get to bond out. You just don't. Is it going to be outrageously expensive to keep everybody in jail? Yep. Sure is. You know, we've just spent, you know, $200 billion to Ukraine in the last couple of years. We could probably figure out a way to keep some people in jail around here for a minute if we really wanted to, but we must not really want to, and it must be, okay for cops to get killed and it sounds crazy to say but it is and we see it on TV we see the proof of it on yep. TV every day yep it is a it and i think that it's a it's a philosophical difference in the way that in the worldview i think that yep. there's a massive disconnect with with and i think it really comes from a humanistic view of the world that we don't we don't actually look at as christians we look and we realize that Without the grace of God, without Jesus Christ, we are wretched people, and we're gonna we're gonna fall into some really really ugly activities if we don't have that Jesus guiding our lives. And a lot of people that are against guns and all of this stuff want to want gun control. They think that if you remove this from people, that if you take these away. All of a sudden, everybody's going to get the evil out of evil intent out of their hearts. They're going to mm-hmm. stop hurting people because these are the things that are making people do this stuff. It's not. It's not that they have evil in their heart that they want to do harm, that they want to hurt people. That you're discounting human nature because human nature is that yeah you know, we're all wretched people and we're going to do some bad stuff if we don't have God and Jesus in our heart. You know, and that is that's the disconnect. I think it's just a philosophical disconnect of. We they, we want to say, yeah, people are bad. And there are bad people out there that are going to do bad things to us. We need to have the ability to defend ourselves. And the other side is saying, well, no, it's not the people. It's the stuff that they have available. It's like every time that we talk about gun control in Chicago, which is the most stringent in the country, <clears throat> they blame it on Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> that they're getting the guns from Indiana. You know, yeah. so... How come Indiana isn't burning to the ground then? Exactly. If that's where it's so easy to get guns, and how come that's not the bad place? It makes zero sense. Like, come on. And it's and here's the thing I find very interesting. So as a law-abiding citizen in the United States of America, I own an AR-15. What do the anti-Second Amendment people really think about me personally? You must think that I'm a horrible person that's on the verge of getting to go on a murderous rampage. They must think that about you and and everybody else. But there's millions of people in America that own these. You know, there's 30 million of these in the United States of America. I don't know how many people own these guns. 10, 20 million people. Easy. And we're not having 20 million shootings a year. You know, annually, about 300 people a year use a rifle in some type of crime and that's all rifles that's not just (laughs) ar-15s they don't actually break it out that way on the statistics right so like what do you think so you let's hey these are bad let's take these away from everybody everything will be fine but what do you think about me if you've decided that you believe in the anti-second amendment movement and you want to get rid of guns what does that say about me personally 
You know, it's weird that we kind of put groups of people in this country and in groups like, well, if you're a cop, it's okay to own one of these. Mm -hmm. The Protect Illinois Communities Act, the assault weapons ban in Illinois that was passed in 2023, says that if you're just a normal citizen, you cannot buy one of these. If you're a police officer, you can. If you're a retired police officer, you can. So what's the difference between me, the retired police officer, and you? Like, am I more virtuous because I was a cop or somehow am I safer because I was a police officer? Who's to, who's to say that? How do you know people's intentions just by their jobs? And it, it doesn't make any sense to differentiate who can have the guns, who can't. And it really boils down to a select group of citizens in the country that can't have them. It's like so many people in America are allowed to own these, even with every assault weapon ban going. It's the cops. It's the retired cops. You look at all the federal law enforcement agencies, you know, local cops, FBI, DEA, you know, Homeland Security. Uh, hundreds of thousands of people are allowed to own these. But just normal civilians, you're the problem. We have to take all of these away from you, the normal people, because you might do bad things with these, which leads to kind of the real the real reason why Americans need to own AR-15s is to stop any tyrannical government from taking over the country. And that sounds all like conspiracy theory, like that's, oh, this is really something that would never happen. This is 2024. No government is going to go tyrannical. Well, they won't. We can guarantee you that a government (laughs) won't go tyrannical if every citizen has an AR-15. What are you going to do? This is not Russia. Just do a Google search on how many people the Soviet Union murdered in the last hundred years. It's millions of people, and I'm probably underestimating Tens that. of millions. Millions yeah. of people. Oh, you want to have a church over here? We're going to come murder you. Oh, you don't believe uh, in our system of government? We're going to come and murder you. Oh, you're not quite the right, the right race living in the Soviet Union? We're going to come and murder you. Mm-hmm. Those things happen. And I'll, I'm going to see if I can find on my phone real quick. There was a court case out west. It was, I don't know if it's California or not, but it was the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And they had a ruling uh, about this court case, and part of the argument was people should be able to own guns um, to be yep. able to fight off. While you're looking a, that a, up, um, I, I think that really what's important to understand is the reason. And anytime you see the, a a dictator come into power, Hitler did it, Mao did it, Stalin did it, all of them. There's a revolution. And the first thing that they do is they take the guns away from everyday citizens. It happens every time that a dictatorship that ended up murdering millions to tens of millions of its own people because they know that if things get bad enough, people are going to rise up. People are going to try and stop them. And that's the easiest way to come to power is to do that. Yeah. And it's been so far back in history that people just, it's out of sight, out of mind. People don't think it's relevant or it could happen again anymore, but good grief. Just look at the history of the world. Somehow we think America is, is immune to any problems that have ever happened to any other country in the history of the world. That's wishful thinking. So anyway, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit, a judge named Alex Kaczynski, 
when talking about gun ownership to stop a tyrannical government said, however improbable these contingencies may seem, facing them unprepared is a mistake that free people will only make once. So however improbable you think it is for some government to come and try and take over the people, you cannot afford to even let that opportunity even come close to happening. And how do we keep that from being close to even happening is for good law-abiding citizens to be armed. That's why they say that no country's ever going to roll a, a boat up to the shores of America and invade us because everybody here has got guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was uh, Admiral Yamamoto from uh, in World War II, the Japanese admiral that um, was in, behind the Pearl Harbor attacks and behind the, the, all of the early wins you know, on the Navy side for the, the Japanese Navy. He said, we would never invade America because there would be a bullet or a rifle behind every blade of grass. Right. And that's, they understood that. And most people understand, most countries understand that. That's why we're never going to die from without. We're only, the only threat to this country falling is the threats that happen from within. Yeah, no doubt. So with the assault weapons ban in Illinois, it's so funny because they call it an assault weapons ban, but it doesn't ban you from owning the assault weapon. The law says you can have one. You just have to give us your name and the serial number for the gun. So let's say some 19-year-old up in Highland Park who's having some mental health issues and his parents own an AR-15 rifle, they call the state police and register it. Where does this go? It goes into the closet of their house. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get rid of this. It's still available to everybody out there. The assault weapons ban doesn't ban this. You just have to tell them you have it. So how does that law stop another mass shooting in Highland Park at the 4th of July? How do people have less access to these guns? They're still there. All the same guns are still sitting there. And so, you know, we're not really taking guns away from people with an assault weapons ban. So kind of what's the point? Oh, yeah. The point is someday when there's another shooting or two or 10, the assault assault weapons ban, the PICA of 2023, it didn't work. work. So now what are we going to do now? We have to do something. We have to have some more common sense. Let, let, hey, Dave, so we've John, got this list of guns. What could we, you know what? We gave them a chance to be good guys and girls with the band, and they weren't being good enough. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're coming to get all your guns. That's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But it's the only logical conclusion because the band doesn't ban the guns, but it gets you on a list. And we just might come in and take them in the near future. So it's so disingenuous to think that an assault weapons ban is going to keep somebody, prevent them from a crime, especially when it comes to most shootings in America, which are not Columbine style shootings. They're people in a car driving down the neighborhood, shooting up their rival, you know, drug dealers. Bloods and the Crips. That's it. That's that's mostly what these shootings are. So is that are those going to be stopped? No. And you could actually ban these things and it's not going to stop those because if I don't have one, if all of a sudden, you know, the parents don't have the guns in the house anymore because the government bought them back and you don't have a gun anywhere in your home and you decide, you know what, 
I'm having some problems with some people. I need a gun or I'm going to go homicidal. I need a gun. There's plenty of places you can go get a gun mm-hmm. on the street. You just go to your bad neighborhood in your town with some money in your pocket. You can get a gun or you can kick in your next door neighbor's door mm-hmm. and go steal his gun. There's a million ways to go get these for motivated individuals. And so we're not really accomplishing. It's all fake. I don't know if I can call it outrage, but it's a, kind of like they're just a false flag. Like, oh, we're going to ban guns and solve this problem. And it doesn't come anywhere close to solving any of the gun violence problem, which doesn't have to do with these in the first place. The gun violence in America is 80% handguns. How come nobody's talking about that? It's like breast cancer awareness month. Well, yeah, there's a lot of breast cancer out there. You know what? There's 50 times more of in America heart disease. Mm -hmm. How come everybody's not wearing heart disease ribbons? Is there a heart disease month? Oh no, there's not. Why not? It's worse. It's a hundred times worse Mm -hmm. than breast cancer. But it's, breast cancer is just a thing. You get to put on a pink shirt and talk about how you support certain people, and we all feel good and virtuous about what we've done. But you're not really dealing with the the health issues in America that mm-hmm. are worse than that. So if you're worried about gun violence, how come you're not worried about the handguns in America? How come the outrage isn't over that and the outrage over you know all the, the shootings that happen every day in Atlanta and St. Louis and, and Chicago and, and everywhere else like that? Yep. And it's, it's really interesting because when you – I think there are people that have done studies on this. John Lott is a great, great guy on this uh, gun control stuff. He was a former um, attorney general, uh, assistant to attorney general – I forget which one, but about a decade ago, and he's done extensive, extensive studies on gun violence. And he said that actually, if you removed gang violence and you removed uh, premeditated things, that the gun violence issue is is so minuscule that it wouldn't even register on any kind of crime radar because it's so. Yeah. I think he said something like less than two thousand per year, you know, which two thousand that sounds like a big number. In a country of 330 million people, I mean, more people die in traffic accidents on a monthly basis than that, you know? So it's, it's this, it is a false, it's a false narrative is what, it's what I would say is that the media, the politicians, certain politicians are wanting to take these away because they realize that they can't actually enact any kind of the regulation that they want to or any kind of the restriction or the laws or or whatever on us they can't restrict our speech and there's very famous sayings of the second amendment is to protect the first amendment it's your right to worship god it's your right to say what you what you think to to actually tell people the truth and they can't restrict that and that's one of the most powerful tools we have is to be able to say the things that we believe and they can't protect they are they can't restrict that until they restrict this. Yep. That's that's just the, yeah. the and just natural course. Be careful about the statistics that you that you hear and you look up and and keep all that in context as well. One of the big stats that I hear anti 2A people uh throw out there is a statistic that guns are the number one killer of kids in America. And and they make it sound like guns just magically kill people all by themselves. But when they say guns are the number one killer of kids in America, kids in the study are, is anyone 19 and younger? 
So when you got like 17, 18, 19 year old gang members and somewhere shooting it up on a Friday night, you know, all of a sudden that's not quite the same as a six year old being, you know, grabbing a gun out of their parents' closet or something. It's and, and you know, statistics can be swayed one way or the other. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that, that they can't, but be very careful when you hear stats like that and don't don't just believe them at face value. Do do some research and also put it to the common sense test. Like, mm-hmm. does this really make sense? Is this you know, this sound like somebody's really being honest here, or are they just trying to pad the numbers uh, in their favor? The other thing I find very interesting when it comes to, especially with AR-15, gun control, whatever, is, well, first of all, I'll say this. At our gun range, we have all kinds of people, all kinds of walks of walks of life, white, black, every type of political affiliation out there. Uh, and it's, you know, this is kind of what unites a lot of people is just mm-hmm. the wanting to be a free American that has the right to bear arms like the, you know, Bill of Rights says we do. If we're being honest, which we're going to be as honest as we possibly know how to be on this show. If you vote Democrat, you are for taking away people's guns. And that's just the simple truth. And it sounds like, no, I wouldn't want to ever take away people's guns. But everybody who enacts gun control legislation, they are all 99% Democratic. And if you are voting Democrat, you are voting to have possibly your own gun rights taken away. And so it really does matter. And so when it comes to, well, who, who are you voting for? I promise you, and we've had this discussion before, it's not about the person. It's not about, you know, is this person I'm voting for the most virtuous, upstanding person in the universe? Probably not on either side of the aisle, but you have to vote based on what that person stands for. And if you're voting Democrat, you're probably voting for somebody that wants to take these away from you. And if if I'm wrong, if somebody can prove me wrong on that, then, you know, shoot me an email, make a comment in this video. But it's just the the quiet thing that people don't say out loud that needs to be said. I'm not saying every Republican or uh, libertarian or independent is, you know, are, are somehow completely 100 percent better. But I can tell you this, Democrats, by large numbers, mm-hmm are the ones that are trying to take away your guns. So it's important when you go to the polls to figure out, you know, if you if if you're a democrat and now all of a sudden you have to register your AR15 and you're not you don't think that's right, you contributed to this. <laughs> I didn't contribute it to it. Is that a word contributed? <laughs> I didn't contribute to it. No. So, you know, your your vote matters. Um I don't want the sound now, we're not trying to be mean here, but that's just one of those truths of, of the matter. And, you know, you're trying to take guns away from good law abiding citizens who are just trying to protect their families. We're not trying to, you know, do anything, any crazy home invasions or mass shootings. We're trying to protect our families. Mm-hmm. We are we are actually the one, the superheroes of your neighborhood, of your community. We're the ones that can help you if mm-hmm. the civil unrest happens promise you if you don't have guns and all of a sudden the mob is coming down your house you're probably coming to my house Mm -hmm. i can't tell you how many people that i know like hey if if society breaks down i'm coming to your house i'm like you don't even know where i live that's probably a good thing (laughs) (laughs) 
Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's funny how people don't need guns until they need them. Yep. And then they will run to the people with the guns. It's yep. just a, that's a 100% truth. So don't lie about it. Don't act like you think, you know, we're going to have a society without guns and nothing bad is ever going to happen again. Yeah. It's just a pipe dream. It's and is not anywhere close to reality and people need to be honest about that. Yep. I completely agree with that. That is 100% true. And one of the things that also we could talk about briefly about is the history of gun control and where it kind of started in this country. Now there's a lot of, there's a lot of false narratives out there that it started as a reaction to too many slaves in this country, but that's actually not true. When you actually follow it back, a lot of gun control happened post civil war in the deep South and it was targeted to restrict former slaves because they were now free from getting guns. There's, there's tons of history about this. And you can read the, the acts from the Jim Crow South and all of that post-Civil War stuff. There were tons of gun control laws that were passed in the late 1860s, 70s, 80s, 90s, early 1900s that restricted African Americans from getting guns. So the very act of gun control was rooted in a lot of racist tendencies because they were afraid of the slaves getting guns or former slaves getting guns and uh, maybe enacting some revenge for the way that they were treated you know not saying that that would be right either but that is the reason and we have to understand that 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 even to this day a lot of the a lot of the communities that have high gun control have a lot of uh, a lot of black people in them you know and is that just a carryover? I don't know. And I'm not trying to get into any kind of conspiracy theories, but that is the truth of the history of gun control in this country is that it all started in the deep well, south. Gun control always disproportionately affects the people who need it, who need yep. guns the most. If you live in the worst neighborhood in America and just name the, the state and the town, like the worst, the most crime, there are good law-abiding citizens living there. A lot of them. And what are they supposed to do? Nothing. What if they want to? I've seen videos of Malcolm X talking about, yeah, uh, we need to be able to own guns Mm -hmm. in America because there's a lot of bad stuff going on for a a million different reasons. So sometimes the people that need the guns the most are affected the most. You know, the poor people living in bad neighborhoods who would really – appreciate the ability to have a gun to protect themselves all of a sudden can't you know how much is it to get a concealed carry permit it's a lot you got to take a bunch of training and pay a bunch of money you got to pay a bunch for your permit it's extremely expensive who does that affect it affects people who aren't making a whole lot of money yep you're telling these people uh sorry it'd be nice if you could defend yourself but uh you're not quite in the class that we that you need to be in. If you were yep. making more money, then you know we would let you defend yourself. Like this is crazy. This yep. is outrageous to think that as a society in Illinois, for example, you know that the poorest people in the state, you're telling them you are not allowed to defend yourself. It makes it's just mind-boggling. I cannot believe that would be the platform of people who pretend to care for the poor people more than republicans do democrats are supposed to be the party of the poor the downtrodden you know we're going to try and help you get through whatever you're going through 
But when it comes to saving your life, meh, I don't know if we're down with that really. Like, it's, it's crazy. Yep. I'll tell a story. This is this is go, kind of goes along with exactly what you were just talking about. A lot of a lot of the people that it affects are single moms. There's a lot of single moms out there that maybe they made a bad choice and <laughs> who they had a child with, and maybe that person's a little crazy. And so I'm telling a story that was is from before I was born, and I heard this story told by my father many a times. My dad, and actually I still have this pistol. It's right behind me in this safe. My dad bought a little, what they call the Saturday Night Special, 22 short revolver. You know, and that was the mm-hmm. gun he had. That was, you know, had to protect himself in the yeah. 1960s, you know. Um, now, ironically, 22 shorts are very, very, um, is a very, very uh, loved cartridge for assassins in the in the mob area era. They would use mm-hmm. 22s and 22 short to, to shoot people in the back of the head. Well, my dad had this little pistol, and they lived in a duplex. This was right when my brother was first born, so we're talking 50-plus years ago. And uh, this lady that had the other apartment in this duplex had a a boyfriend that she had had a baby with that was pretty rough dude. He was drunk, drugs, all kinds of stuff. And he'd get drunk, and he would come to the house and try and force his way in you know and she called the police and the police would always show up get him out of there and then he'd make bail and come back you know one night my dad had finally had enough and he said i went and got my little 22 short i loaded it up and he's like i opened my door and this guy was banging trying to rip the door off of this other side of the duplex and he said if you don't leave i'm gonna shoot you and he's like i wasn't sure if that gun was gonna do anything to him or not but he's like, I was willing to shoot him because, you know, we had just had enough of this. And if we had the ability to arm, if those women that were in that same kind of situation today had that ability to get be armed and to be able to defend themselves, you wouldn't have the amount of domestic violence. It's the great equalizer. It actually allows even elderly people, women, because, you know, I'm hot take women are not as strong as men physically but a gun can absolutely even the playing field or give them a very very good advantage in those kind of situations when a guy's coming to rape them when a guy's coming to to beat them up when a guy you know when he's trying to rob an elderly couple that is the thing that equalizes the fight and it allows those people who have ill intent in their heart to be taken out by somebody that may be never able to beat them in a physical altercation you take that away guess what those people are going to get beat up those people are going to get raped and they're going to get killed because they don't have that ability to equalize the fight yeah absolutely so we talk about an equalizer let's talk about some of the features of this thing right here and why this is a good option for self-defense and home defense and it's not the best option but it's a good option depending on your circumstances your scenario where you're male female your experience level whatever but here's some of the advantages one of them is you've got an adjustable stock on here it's adjustable this gun might fit me it might fit my wife it might fit you know my 18 year old son it might fit a lot of different people it's adjustable and so it fits 
just right depending on the user is and and what you're doing it's got a large supply of ammo and i know that's a scary thing to say like oh large capacity magazine 30 magazine clip 30 magazine (laughs) clip exactly but listen if you're so i worked midnights as a police officer out of my almost 30 year career i worked midnights for about 18 years so there was many times when i go to work and my wife was home by herself so do I give my wife the 12-gauge shotgun? Uh, I don't know. That's a pretty hard-hitting gun that a lot of people who are not experienced are afraid of. And yet yeah, a devastating weapon, but it might be hard to operate, and there might be a lot of anxiety built up there. Or what about a handgun? Well, yeah, a handgun you know, is probably a little more comfortable, maybe easier technically to operate. But from my experience as a firearms instructor for the last 20 years, most people are horrible, absolutely horrible shots with a handgun. Ridiculous, like almost like it's just this weird foreign object that they've never seen before. And there's so much mental white noise and anxiety going on that most people, and then you add the pressure of a life and death scenario, it becomes very difficult, very to run a handgun accurately. Trust it's, me, I was there on Saturday at the concealed carry class. That's just a fact. We should record every one of those. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So when you talk about a rifle platform, this is extremely accurate. So there's plenty of ammunition. It's extremely accurate. There's very low recoil. So it's just literally easy to shoot. It's got all kinds of options for different sighting systems for putting lights on so you can see at night and identify your target. It's just a system that intuitively is simple to use. It's very effective. And why wouldn't you want to give your spouse or your loved one the very best tool for the job? It's just like any other tool. Why wouldn't you want to give them the one that's the easiest to operate and is going to be most effective and is very efficient for you to use? Mm-hmm. You would use that. And so we shouldn't shy away from that. We shouldn't shy away from the fact that, yes, this gun, whether you call it scary, uh, an assault weapon, whatever you want to call it, it's the most effective tool for the job most of the time. And we see people shoot this very effectively. And when you're talking about two or three home invaders that show up to your house, you know, because, oh, yeah, you're a cop and you put us in jail. And now we're going to come to your house to teach your family a lesson. And don't tell me those things don't ever happen. They happen all the time. When I was in Decatur, I was a police officer in Decatur for about four years back in the mid-90s, and I was working midnights. I'd go home for lunch every night, sitting there one summer night in my house in the living room with the door open, and about three houses down from me, this home invasion starts. And it got called in. Is uh, There's a home invasion going on, and one of the victims is hiding in a closet. So they're given the play-by-play of this thing going on. This is three houses down from me where my wife is at home most of the night by herself. And it was a random, let's just go to this house. It could have been my house that these people showed up to. So don't tell me that these things don't happen. They've happened close to my life. You just turn on YouTube and look up home invasion, home videos, or security camera videos. They happen all the time. So it's a very effective, efficient tool to help defend yourself and save your life. And why would you not want to use that tool and to argue that, well, this is bad and scary. You should just get the shotgun out is ridiculous. If a gun in general is okay for you to defend yourself with, 
then it should be the best gun. It should be the best tool. And people just need to accept that yep. and and really move on. Yeah, it's well, and it's the most recent Supreme Court case of Bruin, um, they their whole idea behind that is if it's widely in wide use and used for common um, lawful purposes. And what more lawful purpose is it than to defend yourself, than to to protect your family? And you can have a lot of fun with these things. We do sport shooting all the time. We do, you know, training and stuff, and that's a lot of fun. But the real root of wanting and needing these things is the ability to defend yourself, the ability to to have confidence in the fact that if somebody comes meeting, meaning harm to me and my family, I don't have to wait for somebody else to show up. I can stand there and I can stand my ground. And that's the thing. I don't even know what uh, you could probably speak to this a little bit better, but I think it's like what 25 minutes or is the average police response time nationwide, something like that. Um, And that's an eternity considering most gunfights last less than a minute. (laughs) It's going to be a minute. Yeah. It's it's, going to be a minute. They're not going to be there. You know, you might get lucky and there might be a cop patrolling your neighborhood but guess what? You can't rely on that. You can only rely on, we say this all the time in the concealed carry class, when the bad stuff happens, you only have the stuff that you have at, in that moment. The stuff that's on your body, the stuff that's next to you is the only thing that you have to fight back with. Yeah, no doubt. So I just hope people won't be afraid to voice their opinion, whether it's to their friends, their family, to stand up for what is just their, it's their Second Amendment right. That's, that's, we talk about why do you need this? It's not a bill of needs. It's a bill of rights. There's, there shouldn't be, well, you don't need this gun. It's for what is too much. It's too big. It's, it's a weapon of war, whatever. It's not whether I need it or not. It's whether I have the right to have it. And that's a big difference. And people just want to sweep that under the rug. And you can't. That's the foundation of this whole thing is it's our right to own this. And, you know, I hear, you know, people saying, well, it has to be regulated. We have to put rules on gun ownership. You just can't own anything. People say you can't own a machine gun. Well, yeah, you can. You can own a machine gun in the United States of America. It's pretty easy. Mm -hmm. Get on YouTube. A million people have got (laughs) machine guns. Yep. All right. You just need to have a license to have one. So, you know, whether you think you people need it or not that's not the case it's our right to have them and like we talked about tonight there's a lot of reasons for that big picture reasons about keeping the country together stopping tyranny you know the reasons of it's effective tools you know for self-defense for for home defense when all these things go crazy it's effective just because it's simple and easy to use and i'm telling you if all the people out there that want to ban guns ever needed them someday they would run right to that person and that's kind of the real test of whether these people are honest about it or not is what would they do in the the chaos of some type of violent attack assault civil unrest what would they do would they i mean would you if you were sitting at home and there was a mob of people coming down the street with torches burning down houses would you call the police why 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 would you call the police? Well, because they've they've got guns. <laughs> like that's why you would call them because they got guns. And they can come do something to help you. And so it's just not honest to say um that we don't need guns anymore. 
Um, and so hopefully through stuff like we're doing on this channel, uh, stuff that people out there are doing on their own research and speaking up and, and not being afraid to be like, Hey, this is ridiculous. If we don't speak up and that's a problem with like Illinois and all these assault weapons bans is not enough people speak up and, and take a stand and say what's right and say what's the truth. We just think, Oh, the government will take care of us. Yeah. They take care of you. All right taking care of your guns right out of your hands and so uh we've got to to speak up or at the very least help support those organizations that will speak up for you whether like in illinois it's illinois state rifle association there's a million of pro 2a groups out there please do something to to support these folks uh, because we need we do need that big voice out there yeah i think that one of the one of the um probably things that that they wish they could control a little bit better is the information that you can get on the internet. I think that there are more people that are educated about the truth about guns. And that's why these gun control measures always seem to fail in the long run. They'll enact them, but they always seem to fail in the long run. And I think it's just because people are getting more informed. They're thinking, wait, that's not my neighbor. He's not some crazy person. that's going to go shoot up a place. You know, I know that guy. We have barbecues in his backyard on, in the summertime, you know, our kids yeah. play baseball together. It's, it, it's, they want us divided and they want us uneducated. They want us uninformed. And if we're uninformed and we're divided and we're talking about petty little things, then they'll do things that'll take away things that actually matter. And I think in the long run, what, what's the most important thing? Get educated, buy guns, <laughs> get yourself something, get some training, learn the reality behind all of these and let your voice be heard. And that's not just talking. That's your voting too. Let's yeah. let's get some of these yahoos that are trying to take away our rights because the, it's obviously not about the big black rifle that you've got there. It's not about that. It's about control. And if we allow them to get a little bit more control and a little bit more control incrementally over time, eventually we're going to turn around and we're like, wow, I can't do anything. I can't say anything that I want to say. I have to be careful. Is this China now? You know, and that's 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 really you know, and a lot of them have actually voiced this. Well, I wish we could be more like China. There were there were people that were voicing that opinion a couple of years ago, and it's like, wow, that's crazy because they're not free. And if we want to hold on to mm -hmm. our freedom, if we want to have freedom in the long run for our next generation and our children, our children's children, we've got to stand up and we've got to stop this stuff now and not let it go any further. This no further than this, and then we push back. Yep. So I think that's that's what we have to say about why we need guns and why we need AR-15s, and it's been a great discussion. We're going to be doing some more range stuff. We've got a really cool guest coming in next week, uh, Lieutenant Colonel David Grossman, for one of our interview episodes. He's got a lot to say about a lot of these subjects that we've been talking about, and it's going to be really cool. That might be like a seven-hour episode. <laughs> we might be Joe Rogan in that one. So. Have you ever heard of long-form content? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, that may it. be a multi-episode breakdown of, of different – because he's got a lot to say on the different aspects of killing and combat and even – some stuff in the spiritual world, which is really cool. So we're looking forward to that. And we hope that you guys are enjoying the content. Like and follow our YouTube channel. We're really trying to build that up. And we hope that you guys will join us. So hit that subscribe button. If you're watching this video and you're not already subscribed, hit that little bell notification so you know when new content drops. And um, 
here in the next couple of months, we're going to have some training. We hope that some of you guys will come out and join us because it's going to be really unique. We're going to talk about some of the stuff we talk about on the podcast as well as get some training in. And uh, we want to give you guys a unique experience when we do that. So check out John's new hat, too. Oh, oh, yeah. You almost just I almost just cruised right. Yeah, over. Yeah, cruised right over. Look at that. Look at that. I am wearing a new hat. These are they'll be up on our website tomorrow. And I hope you guys like them and will order them because I think they're pretty cool. I'm kind of partial to them. And uh, we've got new merch coming all the time. Here's a little sneak peek at something that we mm-hmm. might be. This might be a multifaceted preview or more to it than just more to it than just more to it than just the mug. Mm-hmm. But stay tuned on that one. Yeah. But until next time, carry Jesus with us with you everywhere you go, and act like you believe. <laughs>